and the Boston Red Sox are the world champions. For the first time in 86 years, the Red Sox have won baseball world championship. Can you believe it? Tessie is the royal root is rally cry. Tessie is the tune they always sung. Tessie echoed April through October nights after serenade installed the Nene and Young. Tessie is a maiden with a sparkling eyes. Tessie is a maiden with a love. She doesn't know the meaning of her side. She's got a comic full of Coming at you for episode number five. I'm sitting here with none other than my man Jim Williams. Uh, he's a handsome gentleman that uh, I've known for quite a few years now through music and and uh, other fun things here in Reno, Nevada. Uh, introduce yourself, Jim. Hey, I'm Jim. Um, like Brandon said, we've known each other. I think going on 20 years now. It's been a long time, yeah. It's at least been probably a ridiculously long amount <laughs> of time. It's- Pretty cool, actually. Yeah. It's actually pretty so. interesting that there's, if you think about the larger group of people who grew up in music in this town, the majority of us have known each other for 15, 20 years. It was always kind of a small and sort of tight-knit scene, you know what I mean? Like, even if you didn't like somebody, you were always at the same shows and totally. just kind of had to get along. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, especially earlier, too, in the, especially in the, like, the 90s and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's so funny because when I first... When I first started going to shows, like in 94, 95, uh, I remember even going to, I would go to Unconquered shows wearing False Island t-shirts, and, and not even knowing what I was doing, and I'd have my Camo X gloves on, and, and people would be like, who the fuck is this kid? And I just didn't care, because I was having fun, and I was representing myself, and my beliefs, and this and that, and, and uh, it was just so interesting, you know, to be a part of it then, and to watch it grow, and then to watch it be bastardized over and over again, some different ways, but also be, you know... I guess kind of maintained also on some to some degree. Um, so interesting. It's almost like a child a little bit. I look at it as you know, it's like oh, it started this thing kind of at this infant stage, and then now it's here, and then well, hopefully it does well on its own. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I I got into it pretty late. Um, not not necessarily in years wise, but in age wise, I was yeah. nineteen or twenty before I went to my first. Like actual hardcore shows, yeah. New Blood and Bludgeon. Yeah, yeah. At the uh, Fallout Shelter. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I mean, I came into it a little bit late, but I've I've stayed really involved. Like I still go to basement shows now, and I'm still pretty involved in like the Fort Ryland and yeah, 
stuff like that. So there's there's a lot of cool stuff happening in hardcore, and it's weird being my age and still being involved in it. And everybody who's made all the kids that are in these bands are all like in their in teens and twenties. Sure. Yeah. You know, and it's I'm like it's, the grandpa hiding in the back of the room. It's one of those things where there are, I mean, there's a select amount of people who still, it kind of keeps you young. The nostalgia of it keeps you young. Um, there are some people who are actively involved in it that they're still just as they were when, you know, they were in their early 20s or so. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, kudos to them. Uh, for me, it's, it's one of those things where I love the nostalgia of it. My, my, my thing these days anyway, cause I, I get, you know, I have friends still that are, you know, in their forties and they're still playing in bands, you know? And, uh, they're yeah, like, did, Oh, I, come, come to the show. What's that? I just came from band practice. Yeah. See, yeah. there you go. <laughs> and well, and then I'm, I'm starting to play bass for Swan Vengeance too, but all those dudes are old. I mean, they're all, but so it's one of those things where it's like, yes, there's the nostalgia side of it, but then there's just the, it's still a hobby. It's still an art form. It's still your outlet, you know, for some people. Um, I think it'll always be, for me, um, and some people don't understand that. You come across people that are like, "Oh, you're still playing music. You know, aren't you too old for that?" Blah blah blah. And I'm just like, "Fuck off." You know, that's that's not right. Do you still, you know, what you quit doing anything that you feel is art because you're what you're better than that now because you're older? That's bullshit and it's a cop out. So, I think music in any form as an art is beautiful, whether it's hardcore, metal, emo, rock, pop, you name it. As long as uh, as long as you're doing the writing. And as long as you're participating in something that's bigger than yourself, I think it's a beautiful thing. So Yeah, totally agree. I mean, I I think a lot of guys our age fall into that trap of like, oh, hardcore was better when I was your age. And yeah. it kind of wasn't. <laughs> it was different. Like, it was different, yeah. and it was good. And, I mean, it was great. Like, some of the greatest things in my life came from being associated with hardcore. You know, I mean, I indirectly met my wife because I was involved in hardcore and ended up working at a record store because... I didn't want to get like a real job. Totally. You know, so I mean all the I can look back on my life and every good thing I can I can find some kind of a Venn diagram back to hardcore. And, sure. So I'm still heavily involved in it and I still go to shows and but man, some of these younger kids are slaying. There's so many like I couldn't make a top ten records list last year because there was too much. Oh, really? There was so many good records. I was just like, how can I pick ten? Let's see. That's kind of me and you differ. Is I don't listen to a lot of the new stuff. Not not for lack of wanting to. It just doesn't come across my table. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't go out of my way to listen to new stuff unless I'm at a show. Right. And they play, and I go, oh shit, that's good. Who is this? You know? Um, like uh, a good for instance was the other day I went and uh, uh, helped my friends in Swan Vendors play show in like Central Valley, California, and this band Hammerfist played. And from the name, I'm just thinking, okay, this is just a fucking probably a beat down hardcore band. It's super simple and not very good. They were actually really good. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, is I've I've actually played with them and heard them before, but never really paid attention to the music to sit back and listen to the music. And the music is actually really fucking good. Like the writing is good, um, the lyrics are good, stuff like that. So it's one of those things where you can still sit back and appreciate the art form, even if it is something that's a little more simple than you're used to, but it's still really good and it still grooves and still finds, you know, has your head bobbing and stuff. So yeah, I, I, I love it, man. I, I still love the music. I still listen to it. I, I definitely listen to it more when I'm at the gym or something like that, but, um, shit. I'm one of those people that all listen to metal and hardcore for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's, it's in me. And then I have some friends who don't listen to it at all. And in fact, hate it. They like never listen to it and, you know, write it off or whatever. And who knows, 
if that's some sort of weird kind of chip on their shoulder type thing. I don't know. I'm not one to judge, but I think that if it was part of your youth and a big part of your life, that it should never be one of those things that completely goes away, you know, because it's music. Yeah, totally agree. And, um, I mean, even, even back when we were young bucks running around at shows, you know, I always gravitated more towards the weirder, you know, I was more dead guy, bloodlet, less earth crisis strife. You know what I mean? Like, I always liked the the bands that were a little more off obscure off yeah. time. Not even really obscure, but just the darker. You know, I was I was way more into Integrity than I ever was Earth Crisis. I was way sure. more into like Dead Guy, Bloodlet, Kiss It Goodbye, all that kind of gotcha. stuff. And there's a lot of that still happening, like um, newer bands, especially like Midwest and and East Coast bands that are doing like that kind of metal hardcore crossover. Really, really well. Doing, like, kind of the more darker... Yeah. Yeah, just the more, like, doom and gloom kind of... Interesting. End of the world stuff, you know. I do. You know, um, oh, what is it? Weight of the Tide? Uh, Mark Moose's band? Moose's new band with Jesse Phipps and all that. Oh, man. man. Super good. And they've had a few different lineup changes, but I've seen them three or four times. They're great each time. Uh, plus, they're all so fucking talented. It's one of those things where you know the product is going to be good. Yeah. No matter what. It's, it's fun to see people like that. Um, and you have a new band also, or new-ish. What's it called? Uh, the Scattering. Nice. What's uh, Who's all in that, and how'd that come about? It is Jason Joe, who you know very well and Love played Jason. in several bands with. Great kid. Uh, Brian Boydston, who played drums for Dorcia. Um, and then we just went through a massive lineup shift, so we're, we are now a four-piece, and we have a younger cat playing bass for us. His name is Joe Weaver. He does all the booking at Fort Ryland. And, okay. Um, I think I know Joe. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty I, sure I've met him before. I'd be really surprised if you didn't know him at least in passing. Yeah. Um, really nice kid, and uh, it's um, it's fun. It's, it's kind of weird. Uh, when we started, we had this kind of idea of it being this sort of simple grindy D beat kind of a thing. And it, it morphed into more of what Jason, I mean, you're super familiar with how Jason plays guitar. He's got a very distinct and cool style. It's his own style. That's why it makes it so fucking cool. I've always loved everything he writes. It's so fun and, and usually fast and, and it can be on time off time and it's still just fucking grooves. He, he's a really, I really enjoy his guitar playing. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I've always wanted to be in a band with him and it's weird that it took me until I was 43 <laughs> to make that happen. But, uh, um, so with the five piece lineup that we had, um, it, it got a lot more technical and, and, uh, more way more metal than it was hardcore like yeah with five pieces it's easier to be more technical yeah, obviously for sure and then and i think the just those five people coming together that's what we sounded like and that's kind of been my philosophy for bands since forever is it's you never know what it's going to sound like until you go into it yeah, because just you've never see what comes up yeah yeah um so it's funny now with the four piece lineup, we're getting back to more of what the original idea was. It's a lot more punk rock driven and a lot more like D beat driven. Nice. So I'm having tons. All the songs are super fast and pretty short. I think our longest song is just over two minutes. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's just fun Very circle cool. pit stuff. Yeah, I still have yet to see it, which I'm pissed off about because quite a few times you guys have played, and I'm like, I'm gonna go to that, and then something always comes up so soon. Would you guys have anything lined up show wise coming up? There's or? nothing set in stone. We're shooting uh, for late April, being ready to play again. We want to have 
um, a whole new set before we play again. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, I think that's the best way to go about it. If you're exchanging members and stuff and they were part of the writing process, yeah. you do them justice by writing new material and whatnot. You don't want to play stuff that they wrote on, you know? Yeah, and it so. was a big shift. I mean, we went from from a five-piece to a four-piece, and it, stylistically it's completely different. So, the, so you had two, obviously two guitar players, yeah. bassist, vocalist, drummer, and now you have one guitar, one bass, vocalist, drummer. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Um, but even like stylistically, we changed more because Joe is a decidedly different kind of bass player than John was. Yeah. Um, and then Josh is just not there. We didn't replace him. We yeah. just carried on. So some of the old songs don't make sense in the four piece lineup. Sure. So we're writing all new stuff. <clears throat> and then the new stuff we're writing sounded so different than the old stuff that we're just going to write all new stuff. So yeah. we're, uh, shooting for the end of April. Nice. I, tur- I turned 44. Have a little uh, birthday show at the end of April, so we're <laughs> gonna try and do like a little three day tour with some friends from Seattle and nice. That'll be rad. There's um, I know Sworn Vendors were I did, they just hit me up and said that they wanted to plan a Sacramento and uh, and I think a Reno show in April. So maybe I'll see what those are. Oh, cool. When they get them planned, and see if we can get you guys on that. I'm I'm sure it won't be a big deal. Yeah, because sure we played it'll... twice. Played with Sworn Vengeance a couple of times. Yeah. It was always fun. Yeah, they're it's the nicest they're days. They're su- yeah, super good dudes, and the music is super fun. And they finally, um, I think it was two years ago, they recorded a new album, a good recording. Yeah. And it sounds so good. It's so good. My uh, my buddy Brian, who wrote a lot of the music in that band, um, shit, he taught. I think he taught Doug how to play guitar, and, and he's just a dope guitar player. Um, he's now a detective for Union City Police in uh, the Bay Area. Oh, crazy. And so he hasn't been able to be as big of a part of the band as he was before, so they've had to kind of basically replace him. Um, but they still play a lot of the older stuff. But but anyhow, I was talking about him because he finally got a recording that did him justice because his writing is so good. Like like some of the stuff, some of the articulation, some of the chord changes and stuff, you couldn't even hear on some of the older albums the good stuff, the kind of complicated, fun stuff about it, you know? Um so it's it's good to hear that that new record's dope, and they're um, they're in the process of starting to write new material right now uh, for a whole another LP that uh, that we they I should <laughs> say we. It's funny because what what ha- what's happening right now is I'm playing bass for them tentatively between their other bass player because their other bass player is a winemaker. Oh, weird. And so twice a year he has harvest and then he has like some other thing going on for that where he just straight up can't do anything. He's at the winery seven days a week having to watch the grapes and do this and that. And it's, it's kind of cool though. I mean, it's interesting to like, I, I sit and talk with him about the science of it um, all the time because it's fascinating to me. And, um, and so that's why I so saw him learning all their songs right now in the middle of it so that when he's can't be there, I'm playing for him. So basically like five or six months out of the year, I'll be playing for him half time. And then, uh, on the new record, we're going to write a couple songs with dual vocals. Uh, although I already do a song or two with Ryan at some shows and stuff that, that we played together, but it's really fun. It's fun to just be a part of the music again for me. Um, and to be invited to do that from those dudes was rad. Um, because I wasn't really doing much. Um, really, uh, we had the Unconquered reunion in 2010. After that, um, after that, I think 1618 was already dead by then. If not, it, it fizzled out shortly after that, maybe a year or two after that. And then I had Deadpool uh, with those younger dudes for a little bit, and then right. that fizzled out quickly as well. Um, so it's one of those things where I went a couple years without having an outlet, having that outlet, and um, 
for me, that sucked, you know, it was like, man, what am I going to do? So I look to do things like, you know, the podcast or, or whatever else to try and, to try and, uh, flex my artistic muscle, if you will. But, <laughs> um, but it's super nice to be part of a, a band where I know it's all solid dudes where we're all adults. That's the one thing that's great too. We're all adults. So there's a schedule. We all talk to each other. We, you know, like, Oh, we have this schedule. We're doing this, this, every, you know, there's a calendar, all our times are up there. It's, it's full adult band, which is great that's for awesome. me. So so I'm enjoying it. It's cool. Um, yeah, but fuck music, good stuff, man. Honestly, I don't know where I would be without it. That's for sure. Yeah, I was kind of having that discussion with Brian the other day because he, uh, when I when I set out to start this band, I had no idea who I was going to get. You know, I mean the the pool in Reno gets smaller every year. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people are in four and five different bands or, you know, you're talking about the adult band. It's, it's yeah. weird starting a band with people way younger than me. Yeah. I've done it a couple of times and it, it, it doesn't work yeah. that well. So in my head, I'm like, what would like my dream band be? I'm like, okay, well I want to play with John Benson. I've always wanted to play with him. Yeah. And then, you know, John brought Jason into it. And I think either John or Jason found Josh, who was our original guitar player. Um, and, you know, there's always this, who are we going to get for drums? Who are we going to get for drums? And I posted on Facebook, started a new band. I'm doing this, blah, blah, blah. Who wants to play drums? And Brian Boydston liked it, but he didn't comment. <laughs> I hate people do that. And he's just, like, he's just like, oh, I like that you're going to be in a band. And so I was just like, Boydston, play drums with us. Yeah. And he came down and yeah, kind of tentatively, yeah, and he was just like, he was like, yeah, well, we'll check it out. We'll see how it is. And after the first night, he was just like, yep, awesome. nope, we're doing this. So That's rad. Yeah, it's been rad. And, um, you know, I, I knew him pretty well, you know, just from, he was in Dorcia, I was in Twice, we played tons of shows together. Sure. Like, um, But we weren't like, like friend friends you know what i mean we were just like yeah, scene acquaintances buddies. sure scene yeah. acquaintances which we have a ton of you yeah know? um but now that we've been in the band together we've also built this friendship around it now we go on these crazy hikes together and rock climbing and all this shit it's rad um yeah so it's it's cool like um well, the relationships you build in a band, too, if they turn out to be good, you know, the, the, those are the intrinsic things that come from doing that, you know? Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things I miss is that, is that yes, there is the band and playing shows and this stuff, but the uh, kind of the greater reward is the friendships that you do make from being in a band, you know, for, you know... For instance, the Unconquered Dudes, like, I would, no matter what, you know, I don't even, honestly, I don't talk to, to Jason that often anymore, I don't talk to Glenn that often anymore, I really only talk to Kelly, um, and Mike's passed on, you know, rest in peace, but yeah. but those dudes could call me any minute and I'd be there. It's one of those things where, and, and, and it's so funny because Jason's totally still a big brother to me, you know, it's like I could totally hear him scalding me for things in the background when I do stuff, which is hilarious, and, uh... And Glenn's still the goofy fucker who we make fun of behind his back, even though we love him, <laughs> because he talks out the side of his mouth and is hilarious and makes really weird jokes. Um, and then, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. That's the, that's the intrinsic fun part of being and playing music with dudes is to develop these relationships and these these kind of inner workings of, uh, of our personalities, having them come together and, and whatnot. So that's the fun part for me. So. Yeah. I mean, and there's people I know now. I mean, like, uh, Matt Lowe is a perfect example. Yeah. You know, he was the first bassist for Twice, and it didn't 
didn't work. We ended up having two others after him. But yeah. He was the longest running member and, and a founding member. And uh, I still know him. Still mm. talk to him. You know, we don't talk as often as I would like. But I know when I see him, it's always going to be fun. Yeah. And nostalgic. Oh, yeah. Talk about, the, you know, the good old days or whatever else. He always... He's a... Uh, I hope... It's so funny because me and uh, him and John, uh, John Toll, are talking about um, doing a band and calling it Stage Breaker because we're all big dudes, you know? <laughs> and then we have a drummer actually lined up too. So And, and John writes really rad stuff and I write, I write pretty hardcore but like fast stuff too. Like I, I wrote um, quite a few of the Deadpool riffs and stuff. So um, we were um, just kind of chilling. Uh, rapping about it one day and it came up and it was a joke and then now like Matt's like I'm totally into it and then he's like I'm gonna start writing stuff and sending it to you and I'm like okay well I guess this is gonna happen so it's just it's it's the thing I've always loved about Matt is uh, he gets an idea in his head and then that's a thing like that's happening it's not just because you just talked about it no there's that doesn't exist in his world yeah it's just like no we're doing this thing this is a thing that's happening now yeah i love that about him well here we go (laughs) yeah it's just like i I was thinking about going down this water slide now i'm standing in the water slide (laughs) fuck here we go you know like oh that's awesome well yeah so uh yeah kudos to music and the things that it's brought us over time for sure um wanted to talk to you about your um kind of cause, I guess it is, called 100 for Haiti. Um, I know a lot of people don't know about it, um, so give you a chance to kind of just talk about it and clarify what it is, who who it's benefiting, um, how it benefits them, all that fun stuff. So if you don't mind, take yeah, it away. Yeah, no, I don't mind at all. Uh, 100 for Haiti was founded by Greg Benick of Trial, who you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in, the, uh, in the aftermath of the earthquake and the tsunami, um, Haiti was devastated. Mm-hmm. The, sewer systems all the infrastructure is gone like completely ravaged just, the whole yeah nation. the whole and it's one of the poorest countries on the wasn't it like a 10.0 earthquake it was something ridiculous nine I, point something it was, it was something big like that i I'm, i don't know all the the details on the actual i should know all that but i yeah. i I do know that the travesty was that they received a ton of aid that ended up going to a bunch of bullshit contracts and stuff that actually didn't help the people. Yeah, there was like a Red Cross thing where they were supposed to build X amount of houses and they built like 5% of what they were supposed to build. Um, So the way 100 for Haiti kind of came about was Greg and some friends got together. They collected all the necessary items you can think of that you would need post-tragedy. Um Food, water, medical supplies, clean clothes, this kind of stuff. And they jumped on a boat. And they just went there. That's rad. Pretty much illegally. Yeah, totally. Um, and so they went there. But it's only like 130 miles from Florida or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they, they take all this stuff. And then over the years, Greg has evolved the idea. You know, we, we took care of the immediate need, which was... Food and water. Then medical supplies was a big deal. So we did medical supplies for a long time. Um, I came on board kind of mid-2015 as the social media director, handling the Facebook and Twitter and, and all that stuff, helping a lot with fundraising. Sure. And so 100 for Haiti as it stands today, uh, we have two primary um, operations, for lack of a better word, that we're, we're going on. One is the Rural Water Project. Um, cause cholera is a huge problem in Haiti and with people leaving Haiti, 
it's becoming a problem in Cuba and Florida and all these other places because uh, people are trying to escape you yeah. know, abject poverty in Haiti. And so they're going to these other places and they're bringing cholera with them. Uh, so what the Rural Water Project does is it builds these massive water tanks. They're 500 to 1,000 gallon water tanks that collect natural groundwater like from springs and things like that. Mm-hmm. That water is then chemically treated and the cholera is killed and people now have access to free to clean drinking water drinking water um in addition to that it's it's all all the work the construction and the maintenance and everything is all done by local contractors so we're creating so jobs it's helping to bolster the economy yeah. locally there plus right. providing drinking water see that's it's, it's so funny because you see a lot of these uh Charities, if you will, some of them aren't very charitable. Uh, they'll go into, they'll take advantage of situations like this, and instead of going in and helping the people at every area, whether it's infrastructure, jobs, um, you know, something as simple as, as water, food, clothing, stuff like that. Instead of doing that, they just they build something where they can contract it out and make money on it, stuff like that, and that's bullshit. And not only that, but it's criminal, and I think they should be fucking tried for it. And then you have causes like this that are way less known than than the Red Cross or whatever other right. large Haiti, you know, text this to blah, blah, blah for Haiti. I bet you half of that money didn't even go to them or go to the people. So um, so hopefully this gains, uh, you know, obviously a lot more traction. Not only that, but with all the refugee crises going on in the world, I imagine it'll expand into other things at some I, point. I think at some point it will. Right now the primary focus is Haiti. Um because like you said, there's all these other groups that are, oh, we're going to do this work in Haiti, but the work's not getting done. Yeah. The cool thing about Hunter for Haiti is literally it's 100% volunteer. No one gets any money. No one gets paid at all for their time. We're all just, It's a true nonprofit. Yeah, we're, we're, we're all doing it just because we want to help. Um, 100% of the donations go directly to boots-on-the-ground projects in Haiti. Um so the Rural Water Project is the big one, um, especially moving forward into 2016. We want to build, I think, five or six more tanks, and there's already five or six in existence. And uh, the the most exciting statistic I can quote right now is that since the beginning of the Rural Water Project, there have been zero deaths from cholera. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's we're, we're actually outstanding. We're, yeah, we're actually making a difference. Succeeding Physically in making yeah. a difference on the ground. That's um, huge. The second initiative that's happening right now is a, a rape prevention and education. Jesus, yeah. Um, and that's that's a big problem there. We've partnered with another group there who was already uh, boots on the ground. Yeah. And we're, we're helping more on the funding end mm-hmm. with that project. Um, so there have been nine education trainings in uh, separate areas of Haiti. And does that involve educating women uh, against A, how to fight their attackers, I guess, and B, that it's not okay for that to happen to them so that they um, do fight? And, and the, the, the primary avenue of education is educating the men that this is not an okay behavior. Yeah. This is not how you behave. This isn't, this isn't how you treat other people. Um, so rather than, rather than training the victims how to protect themselves we're training the predators to not be predators yeah which is in in my own mind coming from 
uh, obviously a way more affluent background than them. And, and not only that, but our society and the way that it runs itself, just even having to say that, even having to say, we have to educate the men of this country that, that it's not okay to rape women. Yeah. Like, are you fucking well, kidding me? That's crazy. It's uh, the really sad part of that is that most of the victims are children. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And so it's, it's a, it, it's a problem, like a big problem. And, and where they're, the the classes are attacking it from what I think is the right end. You know what I mean? Because it's it's it should never up, be up to the victim to not get attacked. Yeah. It should be absolutely. up to the attacker to not to make the decision not to do it in the right. first place. Yeah, obviously. And so it's uh it's a cool program. There've been nine trainings so far. We're shooting I think Greg said we're shooting for nine more in two thousand sixteen. Um, and so is this all done in like major cities like Port-au-Prince and uh, it's uh, done a lot in, in more, more rural, rural uh, smaller well, that, that would make sense because in the larger cities obviously there's going to be more rules and regulations police and stuff like that whereas in the rural areas yeah obviously and a lot of that a lot of um, I, I'm going to be in Haiti this year at some point we haven't figured out exactly when so I'll have a better understanding of you know right now I, I, I read everything that I sure. can get my hands on and then talk to the people who've been boots on the ground but at some point in 2016 I will be there for 7 days or more nice and I'll I'll see everything and and have a much better understanding and uh of what's going on um but uh as I understand it a lot of it is this kind of no man's land where there's sort of self-appointed mayors and self-appointed leaders you know it's this kind yeah. of tribal it's very yeah exactly and uh you know because there's there's very little infrastructure left and they don't have well, the yeah. money to rebuild it and it's not you know what i mean it's not one of those things where they can just have it's weird how when you funding oh, absolutely. And things like that and, it's weird know, how when you leave a country that's susceptible to things like that in ruin how you know these little kind of pocket uh areas of uh of kind of rule or almost like little mini regimes pop up you know just yeah. just like the middle east same thing they have all the sectarian violence because of religions and all the different religions that are over there because of the vacuum that was created by you know starting wars over there and taking people out of power and puppeteering all this bullshit over there and uh it's funny because it's it's almost like there's no foresight to to any large, you know, big world leaders. There wasn't to, to George Bush. There wasn't to, you know, even in even in our local things, even in Katrina, even in, you know, so many things, they don't think ahead about how their actions are going to affect the people, you know, not 10 days later, but like 10 years later, you know? And uh, and that's the bigger deal. I think I think as a people, as a human race, ultimately the, the growing and the more maturing uh, of a race, the more understanding you become, the more compassionate you become, the more you realize that you need to care about your fellow man, not try and be above your fellow man. Um, which I've kind of started to really come into more and more as I'm, you know, I'm in my mid thirties now. Um, when I was younger, it was all about, you know, me, me, me. And now it's more like, no, and it's more about me and my neighbor and my friends and everybody else around me because we all have to live in this world together, you know? Um, so I, I don't know. It's, that's pretty great, man. You know, if you think about, you know, other nonprofits, you know, Red Cross, Wounded Warrior, uh, I can name a thousand of them right now. None of them are doing a hundred percent. You right. know, like a like lot, you yeah. guys are, which there's is a, there's a profit to be made, or there's salaries to be paid, or things like that. Yeah. So, 
Which is hard to do. It's hard to do in a capitalistic society to ask people to volunteer like that. But as long as, as they're paying for you to get there and then you can do good work and take care of business and, you know, you have – you can eat and be healthy while you're there and then get home safe. As long as you're doing good work, who gives a shit, right? I mean that's yeah. the rewarding part. Well, it's the, that's the thing. Like I uh, – it's one of the things I've talked about on stage with the band and, and it's a common topic in a lot of our songs is – I mean, we're on this earth for a finite amount of time. In the grand scheme of things, we're a, we're a, we're a blink. We're a blink, yeah. yeah. And, you know, you can choose to spend that time um, selfishly. You can choose to spend that time, you know, amassing wealth or amassing, you know, getting the best house or the best car, all these yeah. things that really don't matter because yeah. in the end we're all dirt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or you can spend that time trying to help as many people as you can. And that's kind of where I have tried to approach my life. You know, even like locally throughout the year, I collect blankets and sleeping bags and tents and all this shit. And I pass them out to the homeless, which I found out uh, a couple of times is totally illegal in the city of Reno. Yes, it is. I have been threatened with jail time and, and fines and all this stuff. And, yeah, they, Thankfully, all the they consider it contributing to their loitering or whatever yeah. else, and it's yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, you like, it's a it's a fucking blanket and a bottle of water. Like yeah. maybe maybe they might survive the night because I'm helping them out. Maybe, you might not want to be a dick because you're a police maybe officer. Maybe worry about some those. Yeah. You know, thankfully, uh, all the cops that I've had interactions with when I've been doing that stuff have been decent enough people that yeah. you know all they do is like, hey, I have to tell you that this is a crime. Yeah. And then, Even though and morally, then I know I'm debunked, right? This, and right, right. I'm just and so you. I mean, I have yet to get a ticket. I have yet to get arrested. I have yet to dealt with any of those real consequences. Yeah. But the threat is always there. That's so you wrong. Know? That and, doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's awful. But I mean, so I've I've tried to approach my life from that. Well, the hundred for eighty thing is is a big deal, man. And kudos to you for doing it. Uh, honestly, if I have time, if and when you got stuff going on, let me know because I would love to help. Yeah, we're gonna do a couple of benefit shows. Maybe I can throw some vengeance on one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did one, sort of the end of for mid two thousand fifteen. We did one that was more like punk bands and more kind of. Um, More like family friendly bands, yeah. But because it, because the organization was was born of hardcore, and and is maintained more or less by hardcore kids or former hardcore kids, I want to do like a full blown like a fest or something. You would think that there would be, especially for a cause that's 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 that great to do, even if it's just a day, do a, like a hardcore there's, fest. There's little shows pop up here and there, which is really cool, and they're all over the country, which is great. Um, when, when, when Hunter for Haiti was started, the idea, the, the idea behind it, the reason it's called 100 for Haiti, they were going to ask a hundred corporations for a thousand dollars each. Totally didn't pan out. Of course not. But what they did get was, you know, oh, this 15 year old kid who's a trial fan sent five bucks. This kid over here who heard Greg at a spoken word show sent 10 bucks. And they were just getting like these little trickling donations in from hardcore kids all over the world you know and so the idea now like kind of our tagline for all of our social media stuff is a little goes a long way certainly does um because we don't take any money 100 percent of the donations go to the work um and so we can do a lot more <coughs> than than most 
charities can because we don't have to worry about paying a CEO or paying this guy or paying that guy. Like we just whatever the money is, we have that much. Okay, this is how much an education session costs. This is how much a water tank costs. Makes it easy to budget and, and plan out your projects. Exactly, and, stuff, yeah. and so that that's kind of our running tagline on the on the website, which by the way is one hundred for Haiti dot org. Um, it you know a little goes a long way. We have a, a recurring donation option on the website, which I highly like. You can donate five bucks a month, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and it's that's all we ask for is like like pick an amount that you're not gonna miss. Yeah. In your in your monthly life, everybody, somebody goes and gets Starbucks once a day. Yeah, it's four dollar coffee. Right. Instead of doing that, give to people who actually need it. Yeah, and the cool thing is, you just you click it, it goes to your PayPal account, and you never think about it. You don't have to you don't have to go back and do it again every <clears> month. It's just this automatic deal. Um, so I really encourage people if you're interested in donating financially, do the recurring monthly donation, five bucks, ten bucks, you know, yeah. whatever you can afford every month amount an amount you're not going to miss. And uh, it's it helps us immeasurably. Absolutely. Well, that's I mean, you got to look at all of these companies that are now giving away free product, no matter what it is, and then asking for microtransactions, and they're making a killing. Right. Why not do it for a charity? I mean, that's that's the best way that you're basically crowdfunding a charity. Yeah. That's what's happening. Essentially, it's beautiful. It's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at. Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is completely funded, crowdfunded by yeah. all of the people all who support by, him. Just by people who support so, him, which is fantastic. I think that is awesome, man. I, I fully support it. Um, we're going to take a quick break here, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and play the PSA uh, 400 for Haiti. So go ahead and listen to that, people, and we'll be right back right after it. 100 for Haiti saves lives and empowers Haitian people in rural communities to build and maintain clean water sources for their own villages. 100 for Haiti also funds widespread community trainings for people to learn how to fight sexual assaults aimed at youth and children. This work is important. You can help. A little can go a long way. See 100forhaiti.org for more information on how to get involved. 100forhaiti.org All right, what you just heard was the public service announcement for 100 for Haiti. Um... If you guys can, you know, obviously a lot of the info was in there. Uh, feel free to donate. Uh, the website is, again, org, and that's the number 100. Uh, the way it's set up now, you can all the way spelled out, the number 10, any variation of 100forhaiti.org will get we'll you to the right to place. The okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, check it out, guys. Great cause. Um, they're doing a lot of big things. So, very cool. Please support it. Um, on to the next part. Um, kind of wanted to talk, even though I hate talking about this guy, mostly because he's a giant blowhard jackass. Um, but he is the leader, unfortunately, of the uh, Republican uh, denomination of politics right now, and that's Donald Trump. Um, God, the guy, I just, you know, it's, it's such an interesting thing to sit back in our society and watch somebody who has no business being A, in politics, B, having the support that he does, and C, standing up there and saying the things that he does and getting away with it. It's insane. I mean, I to a degree, I understand his appeal because people are tired of politics as usual. Sure. People are tired of, you know, lobbyist-owned politicians, you know, presidents, senators, whatever, who get into office and, and have... Now, favors to pay back. Absolutely. So I, I get it. I, I understand his appeal. 
um, in that specific regard. But God, he's a, just such a fucking moron. Like, <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing is that that's such an oversimplification because he's really not. He's he's probably a pretty smart guy, and he's playing to the room. Absolutely, he's saying horrible, hateful things. He's saying the things people want to hear. You know, and he's he's found a niche. With well, let's be honest. He's saying things that the Republican base want to hear. He's saying things that are bringing out the xenophobic, racist, um, you know, fear mongering, awkward, social, you know, just just basically the basest, dumbest, most awful part of this country. He's appealing to exactly, yeah. And uh, it's weird because I like I have a lot of conservative friends, like. Like more than I thought I did. Yeah, before it's funny when you find out that they're conservative. And literally, no one I know who's like a true conservative, like a fiscal conservative or a small government conservative, sure, wants anything to do with this dude. Yeah, like the people he's appealing to aren't necessarily conservatives, aren't necessarily Republicans by definition. Yeah. They're Republican by. By... They're neoconservative, is yeah. what I like to call them. They're yeah. they're the <laughs> they're the part of politics that I call, and it's it's same across the board for a lot of things. But they're they're armchair politic people. They're people who who, <laughs> and what's hilarious is a lot of these people are probably people who come from poor cities and poor states or whatever. That's the thing. Some like... of them are probably on welfare, and they're all talking about taking away that. The funny thing is, is all these all the people that are going to vote for Trump are all people who are using you know. Public subsidy, who are using you know Section Eight housing, who are who are mad at the world and don't want their guns taken away, but don't understand that it's the gun lobby that's causing all that that right. you know confusion and crap going. That's on. the thing that I, I actually changed the mind of a Trump supporter last week. I was really happy with myself because Good I did not you. think that could ever happen. <laughs> no shit. Um, the we is a, a the father of a good friend of mine, uh-huh. and. Uh, he, you know, he gave me the whole thing. Oh, I'm tired of politics as usual. I'm tired of bought and paid for politicians. Trump's, you know, no one owns Trump. No one owns Trump. And he's going to run the country like a business. And I keep hearing that line over and over I hate again. That. Um, and so I was like, okay, cool. Stop right there. He's going to run it like a business. Let's look at how he's run his businesses. Like, multiple bankruptcies that... Four. Four large Section 11 and Section 13 bankruptcies. All four of those included pensions, which, uh, like, I, I had to file bankruptcy for a small business that I owned, and we got to kind of pick and choose, like, all right, well, we're going to have to roll this guy into the bankruptcy, but this guy we can pay, so sure. he's off the table. So, th- in theory, and I'm not a lawyer, I'm not an economist or anything like that, but in theory, they could have left the pensions off the table. They could have still absolutely held to their word to these people who worked for them, but they didn't. They did not. Uh, and so thousands of people lost their jobs several times because of Donald Trump claiming bankruptcy while he still got pensions and all of his CEOs. Right. Six. Um, so his argument to that was, well, he's going to run the country like a business and, and he's going to look out for the shareholders, which is us. And I was like, no, no, the shareholders in his mind are GE, Boeing, you know, all these giant rich white men. Yeah. Other rich white men. The rest of us yeah. are the worker bees whose pensions go on the chopping block when the country goes bankrupt. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, holy shit, I never thought of it that way. I'm like, yeah, the shareholders in your scenario are the dudes he plays golf with. Yeah, they're not They're you. not us. No. Yeah. <laughs> he is not for the people, and, buddy. Uh, Sorry. And so, 
now he's an undecided, still Republican, but he's not supporting yeah. Trump. And so, well, it's it's one of those things where Republican Democrat, neither of them makes sense anymore. The no. two party system doesn't make sense anymore. Well, it doesn't exist. It, it doesn't. We yes. have we have a government that is that has been easily thirty to forty percent socialist for the last since the New Deal, um, or or at the very least since FDR was president. Um, since then we have to, and or have been taking care of our roads, our infrastructure, public parks, uh, a, a lot of, you know, public land grant universities, uh, some hospitals. I mean, just so many things are part of social taxation. They come out of our tax dollars, policing, fire. I mean, you name it. It just goes on. The list goes on and on and on. Yeah. Even even funding for vaccines, stuff like that, all comes out of tax well, and dollars. Even, and even just things that we all appreciate, like... 40-hour work week, exactly. weekends, exactly. things like that. These are all... All that stuff comes from labor unions yeah. unionizing and, 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 and taking their time to make sure they go in front of, you know, these unjust and unfair laws and making them fair for people. You know, and there are a lot of countries that are industrialized that have even a less work hour week than we do um, and, and who have paid maternity leave and who have, who have public funded healthcare and that it works, you know, there's, you know, Germany, Canada, France, there's quite a few nations that run successfully with a kind of a democratic slash socialist society. Um, which is one of the reasons why I support Bernie Sanders. Um, mostly, and I support him mostly because he is a, has been for the last 30 years on the right side of every political decision that I've ever been against. You know, the Iraq War, Citizens United, uh, the Patriot Act, all of these things that could affect our civil liberties, all of these things that could affect our infrastructure as a country and raise our national debt, trillions of dollars. He was on the opposite side of him saying, no, don't do it. You know, the, the, the great, the great, not great recession, but the recession in 2008, he, he was eight, seven or eight years ahead of that telling Alan Greenspan that he's full of shit and that he needs to, you know, quit allowing these guys to speculate and, and, and trade on these derivatives and trade on these bad stocks. Um, so it's just one of those things for somebody who is that smart to have the foresight to see these things coming. That's the reason why I side for him. So then I look at the same, I try and put it in a scope. Okay. How do Republicans look at Donald Trump, quote unquote Republicans, look at Donald Trump and say that he's the man. And the only thing that I can think is that he's just a loudmouth. that he gets up there and just talks shit and that he's not, quote unquote politics as usual as you said and that appeals to simple minded people and I hate to call them that I hate to be rude and be like they're simple but they are and when I run into somebody who's a Republican quote unquote Republican nine times out of ten they can't tell me who you know the last three successful Republican presidents were they can't tell me what it means to be Republican let alone what fiscal responsibility means and not only that but they don't even know what a conservative government would look like at all, you know, well, and, and, and not only that, but they held Ronald Reagan like he's their god when he did more things than Obama has done that were super socialist, and yet they don't, you know, put him on a cross. So, so that's the thing, like, Reagan now wouldn't be considered the, the, the kind of neo Conservative, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he'd be a centrist Republican, yeah. maybe even almost a moderate to independent, so. Pretty close, yeah. yeah. The, thing that, the thing that is astonishing to me is... Uh, and and Ted Cruz does this too, and he actually scares me more than Donald Trump because I think oh, yeah. he could I get agree. elected. I agree. Um, neither one of they they both they talk the small government game because that's what people that's what conservatives want to hear. Is sure. Small government, small government, small government. State give the states power, which is all well and good. Yeah. Um, 
But then they talk about, well, when I'm president, I'll do this. And I'll do, you know, I'm going to build a wall. I'm going to make... <laughs> like, the thing he said today was he, he would... If he were president, he would force Apple <clears throat> to build the encryption software for the San Bernardino shooting case. What's hilarious to me is it's a completely and total fascist statement. Exactly. It's fascism. Yeah. <laughs> and... and it, it's, it's, it blows my mind, those two guys in particular, some of the things that come out of their mouths. And I know Ted Cruz is smart enough that I think I think he knows very well what he's doing. I think he's playing to the room. I think he's he's saying the things that Trump's supporters want to hear sure. so that they'll jump shit. Um, I, I think he's very calculated, and I think he knows that a lot of things that come out of his mouth can't happen. No. But I honestly don't think Donald Trump knows what the president can or cannot do. I don't think he has any idea. You know, I mean, the idea of building a wall and making Mexico pay for it. Yeah, he, he has yeah. no fucking clue. He yeah. has no clue. He's coming from a, a very boisterous, uh, very emboldened attitude that he can approach being president of a country like it's a business, you know, and I, I watched uh, uh, my man Barack Obama spoke out about it uh, last week. He said, he said, I, I, and I'm, I'm obviously paraphrasing and might not get it verbatim, but he said something to the effect of, uh, I still believe that the American people are smart enough not to elect any of these idiots as president and that somebody, probably either Hillary or, or Bernie, will end up coming out on top. Um, I even hope for our six that Hillary doesn't because she's shysty too. I mean, she's been a part of, A, she flip-flops on everything from her stance on, on gay marriage, from, from NAFTA, TPP, um, so many different like trade agreement things that she flip-flopped on um, that are awful for America. Um, and, and then not only that, just, uh, just the way she is, she just will do anything for a vote. She's just slimy. She just, I just look at her and I feel gross because she just will do anything to get elected. And the only person that I see, you know, in that whole stage of people from Republicans, Democrats, the whole fucking lot of them. The only guy that I see up there that I think can do a good job keeping America progressing or at least trying to build our infrastructure from the ground up and bolster us as a nation is, is Bernie Sanders, in, in my opinion. But I'm, I'm still in this weird undecided phase um i like bernie sanders a lot i like a lot of his ideas um i'm I'm sick to death of hearing he won't be able to get any of it through blah 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 i mean in 2016 i forget the exact number but like two-thirds of the senate seats are up for grabs Mm -hmm. and most of them are republican so there could be a huge huge shift shift i mean theoretically there could be this giant shift And all of a sudden, all of his stuff gets passed through because he's yeah. got those people on his team. It could also go the other way. Absolutely. And we'll then we'd have what we had for the last six years where this is an idea. We disagree with it. This is an idea. We disagree with it. Yep. You know, and the thing that the thing that infuriates me and the, and the reason I'm kind of on the fence about picking a candidate or, or, or even participating at all is that our system is fundamentally broken. And it's it's not a democracy anymore. At at yeah. best, it's a representative republic. At at best, yeah. But I mean, it's... technically, it's a representative oligarchy at this point because of all the money that's in politics. Right, right. Uh, but at barely representative. It's barely. it's more like a. I, I don't even know, especially because of electoral college and the way delegates are working and stuff like that. It, it's very I... misrepresented. Yeah, I feel like, um, and again, I don't know. I don't know enough about this to have like a definitive opinion, 
But I, I feel like at this point, with the technology we have available, uh, the Electoral College doesn't need to exist anymore? No, it's been, it's, it could have been phased out 10 years ago with yeah. Google. Google could be running our elections right now, and it would be more precise than the way they're running them now. And that's sad. Um, but uh, I, was, I was going somewhere with that, and now I lost it. <laughs> I know. Um, That'll happen when you're talking about politics. But, uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. I, I like a lot of what Bernie Sanders is talking about. Um, I, I, I don't like that he still supports the drone bombings and, and all those kinds of things that are happening. And he has said he would continue that program. Mm-hmm. Um, that bums me out a lot because there's... And, and I get called an idealist all the time. I get called stupid a lot too. But um, there has to be a way for all of us to occupy the planet together and not kill each other. Yeah. There has to be. And... I feel like that view is... Don't get me wrong. I'm going to say this and my son wrong, but I feel like that if if there was, especially when it comes to that, and I get this argument all the time. I have friends and family that are in the military, and I, you know I tell them all the time. I'm saying, listen, you guys. Last year we spent was 681 billion dollars in defense spending, and that's across the board from from the lowest private you know enlisted person all the way up to the captains, infrastructure, the planes, all that stuff. It's a lot of fucking money. I mean, that's it's literally two to almost three times our closest competitor, and that's like that's includes these hugely economically rich nations like you know, <clears throat> excuse me, like United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia and Iran, all these countries. We spend way more, uh, and you see them pissing away money on things like this this new jet that uh, it was either Boeing or one of the companies was developing, cost them four hundred million dollars, and they just fucking shit canned it. Right. You know what you can do with four hundred million dollars? It would take about thirty, I think thirty five million a year to subsidize public schools, public public college for you know everybody that's enrolled. Right. And that's that's one of the ones I hear a lot. You know because. Sanders is talking about finding the way to make college more accessible or even free for everybody. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. I had to work hard to do this. I had to work hard to do that. Yeah, that was in the 70s or the 80s. When, exactly. When, when tuition you know. was, even when I started, when I started college, tuition was dirt cheap. Tuition right. was, like I want to say it was like semester when less I was than that. Yeah. I mean, if I took 12 credits, it cost me like 1200 bucks. Right. You know, and then plus books. I was I was in twelve credits full load for maybe two grand, and that was that was I was like, damn, this is pretty expensive. Within five years of me starting school, it went up to yeah five six grand, and that's at a public land grant university. Right. Literally, the land was granted to the university, and they got to build on it for free, and they're still charging people this much for tuition. So it's one of those things where. I understand if if it's private, like Harvard, a private university or whatever, that's fine. Charge tuition. But if you're a public land-grant school, you're already receiving government subsidy for for half of your projects. Everything else comes from donors and grants anyway. Why not, at least to people who are poor enough, give them school for free? All you're going to do is increase the educational base of the people in your area. Well, that's the thing, like, um, it's it's mind-boggling to me that people can't see, like, like, we we don't make anything in this country anymore, and and when we did, the economy was booming. Yeah. People had jobs. People had work. And and I mean, and now like there's this this stigma about like I'm I'm a blue collar worker. I work on heavy machinery all day. Yeah. machines that can rip my 
fingers off as they almost did this week. Um, and there's this weird stigma like, oh, you're not a banker or you're not in something that literally only generates cash. I'm like, no, man, I make shit. Yeah. Like, I make real shit that you can hold in your hand. I do the stuff that America was founded on. Yeah. The fucking steel industry. The industrialization of America is what brought the world into now. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for for our industrial revolution as a country, if it wasn't for the fucking Ford Model A and the Ford Model T, if it wasn't for for people having ideas and developing things, if it wasn't for Edison, if it wasn't for Ben Franklin, all these great Americans who used their fucking hands to make things and to engineer and to and to progress, if it if it wasn't for guys like Elon Musk who are geniuses who are developing technologies that are pushing us forward that are that are still on the engineering side of things, they're still building things with their hands, yeah, or with robots, whatever. It's still infrastructure. It's still helping us as a country. And the thing is, is that people people need to understand that the emphasis that the baby boomers put on. You have to go to college. You have to be a lawyer or a doctor or whatever because those are the professions. That caused a problem. Yes, that caused a vacuum in, in people being part of the trade industry. Well, and it caused, it, I feel like it caused a lot of unrealistic expectations because, I mean, truth be told, not everyone can be a doctor or a lawyer Absolutely or not. an investment banker. You know what I mean? I, I don't have the brains or the temperament for any of those jobs. I <laughs> no. can build shit. Yeah. I... I I understand machines. That's what I'm good at. Sure. And and even like towards the tail end of my high school education, they were phasing out uh, like the trade schools and the vocational yeah. schools and things like that. And, yeah. You know, and it, it was this big shift where they're kind of teaching kids how to take tests. Like, yeah. We're going to prepare you how to get into college. Yeah. And then college, we're going to prepare you how to get into the workforce. But in this kind of finite way where... We've sort of picked these jobs that benefit certain groups. That, you know what I mean? We, Absolutely. You know, and I'm like, well, well, well not only that, but they, auto mechanic? They what would, if I want to be a welder? Exactly. Eh, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, no, that's totally the attitude because if you look back, like even when I was in high school and, and the kids that did the vocational training, we used to have a school that, that was here for vocational training. Yeah. I went oh, to I have it. to go. I have to go to, I can't remember what it was called, but yeah, I've got to go for, to this for for auto shop or for, for AutoCAD or whatever else. I'm yeah. thinking to myself, that's great. But then I remember the connotation and the way that it was spoken of from other kids or teachers or whatever else. It was like the kids who were losers did that. Yeah. That's yeah. bullshit. Those kids are becoming... Kids. They're going to go yeah. learn how to twist wrenches. And or... they're the ones that ended up becoming diesel mechanics, making six figures a year and, and being more successful than half the idiots that I was around that wanted to be lawyers, doctors, yeah. or firemen or fucking, you know. I have, uh, I have a couple of friends who... And it was weird because we were having this conversation at band practice. Like, there's, there are people in my life that I've known forever, and and I, and I love them. They're my friends, but I kind of hate everything about them, <laughs> which is a weird <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> like, I understand. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so one of those guys in particular was, uh, all through high school, wanted to be an architect. 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 And no, he's not that. He's does something for some investment firm that I don't understand. Some kind of moving, some money. soulless job. Yeah, probably. He, he moves <laughs> other people's money around, and somehow that makes him money. Oh, and I don't understand it. I don't yeah. have any understanding of how any of that part of life works. You know, I mean, it's I, probably better that you don't. You probably well, pull like, your fucking hair out. <laughs> the thing that's funny is like I grew up poor, and so I don't. I don't really want for much. My wife and I have a 
pretty simple life. We have yeah. a small house. We have our dogs. We have everything we could want. And we don't really make that much money, yeah. which is fine. But you're comfortable. Yeah. And that's the point. We're totally comfortable. Yeah. We have, and we're happy. And uh, so this cat, he does this thing where he shuffles other people's money around. And somehow that generates more money. And uh, he's fucking miserable all the time. He hates his life. Yeah. He, he's married to someone he doesn't like. He has a car he can't afford. He doesn't look forward to going... He drinks himself blind after work. You know what I mean? And it's just like... So we're talking about it. You know, and I'm like, hey man, you... Like, we met because we were in the AutoCAD class together. And you wanted to be an architect. Like, you were learning how to draw. So that you could be an architect. And what the fuck happened? What, what are you fucking doing? You know, and he was just like, this is the American dream. You make this much money, you buy a house that's this size, you own this type of vehicle, you marry this type of woman, you have this many children. Wow. And I'm like, no, you fucking don't. Like, <laughs> you do whatever the fuck you want all the time. You do what makes you happy. And you're happy. As a person and yeah. an individual. And it's just like, and he's just, he's always harping on me about, well, what about the future? What do you, do you have anything saved? Do you have this? Do you have, where do you, where are your investments and all this? I'm like. Dude, I could literally die tomorrow. Like, and it's with some of the shit I do with my life, it's likely <laughs> there's truth to that <laughs> that I'm not gonna be around long enough to, like, like if I'm sixty, I've lived a long I, life. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I spend my summers out in the wilderness. Like, if if I make it to sixty without getting mauled by a mountain lion. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Nice. You know what I mean? And it's so it's just like I don't think about stuff like that. And maybe I should. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm dumb for not looking that far into the future or whatever, but I think it would be different if you had kids. I right. think kids are like the one condition where you're allowed to quit being selfish and start really worrying about the longevity of your life. Whereas if you're not, you know, if you're not, I mean, there's, you know, I have family and all this stuff, but I don't have kids yet. So for me, I want to travel. I want to have fun with my friends. I want to have fun with my girlfriend. I want to play with my dogs. I want to be comfortable in my life where I yeah. live. I want to watch my fucking shows that I want to watch, you know. I want to <laughs> I want to go to work and make a decent living, yeah. you know. So I, I chose IT work and, and, you know, made a business for myself and this and that. So it worked out, but it's one of those things where where life life was a hustle through my 20s and now that I've hit my 30s and I'm comfortable I enjoy it and I'm not in a hurry to settle into a seat and just go okay this is my life I'm still wanting to adventure and, and do things and that's 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 what I feel is living a life not just existing yeah, you know so. exactly and like yeah. the, the flip side of that I have another buddy who you, you mentioned the IT work I have another friend who built up his own IT company from the ground up it got bought out by a bigger company who nice. he works for now he's stoked on life like he's just had a kid and like everything's great and he's doing what he loves so it's not like that work isn't necessarily wrong for everybody that work isn't necessarily wrong but if you're getting into that work specifically for the paycheck and yeah. you don't love it like if you don't love shuffling other people's money around yeah. fucking do something else I think if you're getting into anything for the wrong reasons, especially if it's for money. Yeah. It's it's so true money is the root of all evil. It absolutely is. It, it Sure, it can pay for things. It pays bills or whatever. But past that, it doesn't help anything. Once, yeah. all, once all your bills are paid, food's on the table, and, you know, and, and 
your recreation stuff is allotted for anything past that is just gluttonous it's just extra you know whether you have a savings account full of fucking money that's great you die with a bunch of money in the bank who gives a fuck you know the whole point is if if, that's what i always think to myself is that people always ask me that question well well you make good money what do you do yeah but i also pay all my fucking bills i pay all my debts uh i travel when i can and i try and have fun with my friends as often as i can i go to movies all the time i go to shows i take road trips i try and do as much as i can with my friends and family because the memories and that 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 part of living life is what is intrinsic to me is what's fun you know so that's that for me is the good stuff, you know, and I see a lot of people who just their good stuff is having a bigger bank account and a nicer car and being able to show it off to their friends once a month at a barbecue. And yeah, fuck that, like I don't weird, give a fuck about that. Yeah, there's like some weird vanity involved in, yeah. in numbers. And it, you Strange. know, it's, it's funny. Like uh, I mentioned earlier, that Brian and I go hiking together. Yeah, uh, we're planning this Mount Whitney trip for this oh, year. We've got God, our name. I always in want on. to climb Mount Whitney. Yeah, so. It's the only, isn't it the only 14er that's down, that's like in our area? I think so. Yeah. I could be wrong about that. I'm so bad with that stuff. All the other ones are in Colorado, I think. Yeah. With, the, uh, Colorado in with the amount of time I spend in the wilderness. You would I, think you'd know better? <laughs> I would know more of that stuff, but I just, I just go out there and, and kind of what happens, happens. But that's it. It's all about yeah. the adventure, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. If you and plan so, it like, too much, there's nothing spontaneous well, about it. So. Brian's more like, he's the number guy. So when we're out, he knows the name of every peak. He knows how tall they yeah. are. He knows how far we have to walk. He knows he's all a drummer. That. Drummers so are like that. I don't do fucking any of that. I just yeah. throw some shit in the backpack and I go. Um, so we're planning this Whitney trip. And as we're, as we're kind of talking about climbing to 14,000 feet, I'm like kind of running through the laundry list of permanent injuries that I have from other things I've done. I got bad knees, I got a bad ankle, I got yeah. a messed up shoulder, I got all this stuff. I'm like, man, I got this huge laundry list. Of- which, by the way, those are all exacerbated by hypoxia, which is, you know, or, or, or lack of oxygen. Right. Which is hard as hell to breathe. I was up at the top of Pike's Peak, which is 14-something, 14 14-1 14 or whatever, yeah. literally like walking steps. I was like, oh, I am out of shape. I'm fat. What the fuck is going on? This is not good. Yeah, so it's crazy. But the funny part was, like, so I get to the bottom of the list. I'm like, okay, these are all the things that are permanently wrong with my body. And I'm looking at the list, and I'm like, well, I screwed my ankle up doing a through hike of the Tahoe Rim Trail. I screwed my shoulder up crashing a motorcycle. Busted my knees out skateboarding when I was a kid. That's from a concussion. That's from, and every single scar and internal injury has a cool story, which is awesome. Like every single one, I'm like, that's the point, Dude, right? I've lived a really cool life. Like I've done some <laughs> crazy shit. Got scars on my head from falling off stages in cities I don't live in. You know, yeah. Playing music for complete strangers and you know scars on my knuckles from crashing on skateboards and longboards and bicycles and yeah. you know, all this great shit. And I'm just like even if I can't get to the top of Whitney because my body's totally broken, I've done a lot of really cool shit. You know, I'm sure it's all gonna try. Too. Yeah, I'm sure it's all gonna try. Like we did, um, we did Tower Peak over the summer, which is it's the northernmost. I might have this. No, yeah, it's the northernmost point of Yosemite. So you start near Sonora Pass okay. and go south, and Tower Peak is this massive, imposing eleven thousand nine hundred giant granite thing. rock face yeah. thing. So the all the maps we had. We were looking at about 19 miles from the trailhead 
to the base of Tower Peak. Totally doable. So we get out there, we gave ourselves two nights, or one day and two, or I got that backwards, two days and one, one night. night. Yeah. Uh, it ended up being closer to 23 miles. Holy shit. That's a lot. Yeah. Especially hiking. Yeah. So the first attempt, um, we get out to Paiute Meadows. There's a big cabin there where the, the rangers, that they have their horses and, and just kind of live there, I guess. Yeah. And uh, as soon as we get there, huge thunder, lightning, hailstorm. We see a lightning strike across this meadow that we have to cross. Wow. We see fire, the whole bit. And the fire gets put out by the massive amounts of rain and hail. So we're stuck there for like an hour just watching the sky dump. Wow. Um, so we we had kind of decided that we were going to go back to this one campsite that we saw. And as soon as the rain stopped, we look up and there's people in the campsite. So we're like, all right, you know what? Fuck this. We're going to Tower Peak. We're doing this. Mm-hmm. So we start walking and we're in our heads. We're like, it's like four miles. No problem. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> Little did you know. It was like nine miles straight up. Oh, fuck. The, So the first attempt we didn't even make, we never even saw Tower Peak. We slept in the shadow of what's called the Watchtower. Oh, wow. Which is like the smaller peak before you get to the bigger peak. <laughs> oh, no. So slept there, hiked back down the hill the next day, completely defeated, went to our car and drove home. Uh, so the second trip we planned... Uh, Three nights and three days. We went up after work on a Friday, hiked in about five miles, slept, um, got up the next morning, hiked about 12 or 13 miles, slept. The next day, got a little closer, and then we hiked up to the peak itself with no backpacks. We left our backpacks at camp. Sure. Um, We got about 50 feet from the top, and the wind was blowing at probably 60 or 70 miles an hour. Yikes. We're completely exposed. And so we both kind of look at each other and like, in my head, I'm like, how do I tell Brian I don't want to do this? (laughs) Without sounding like a total coward. Like, how do I... And I just look at him and he goes, hey, if you want to fuck this off, we can just fuck this off. (laughs) You're like, yes. Totally fuck this off. Great mindset. We're doing this. (laughs) Man. but, But even in that, like, even in that failure... You know, not... You were close enough. We, we were 50 feet. <laughs> if you can throw a rock to it, you're close <laughs> enough, right? But, but even in that, like, we learned so much, and we had so much fun, that that trip, in my mind, even though we didn't make it to the top of Tower Peak, that trip was a complete and total success. Yeah. And that's kind of how I've tried to live my whole life, is just like... I fuck up a lot. I make a lot of mistakes. But you try hard. Dude, I have do so the best much as you fun. can. Yeah. You know? Like, I'm always trying to... I'm always having fun. Yeah. At something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's... It's a weird... That's living life. Though. I mean, it's a metaphor for living life. Exactly. You try your hardest. You have as much fun as you can. If yeah. you don't make it to the top or you don't finish it, you at least relish in the fact that you tried. Right. Right? And then, and you know what? It's not going anywhere. We yeah. just go back and try it again. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like, it's, Hope it's not that windy. It's a giant mountain. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's... I feel like there's a lot of people who get sort of trapped. And I'm obviously privileged and lucky enough that I can live a life like that you know what i mean and and i'm i'm actually really thankful that i grew up in poverty and grew up the way i did because i don't want for much well it makes you appreciate those things a lot more yeah. too 
Yeah, and it's like we don't we don't have a huge house, we don't have super nice cars, we don't have we're happy. Yeah. And it rules. But I think I think there's a lot of people in the country who didn't have the benefit of that. You know what I mean? And who grew up way more poor than I ever did, who struggled a lot more than my family did. Sure. And I feel like those are the folks right now that are looking to people like Bernie Sanders and, and then the flip side of that coin is Donald Trump. Because yeah. I feel like a lot of his, a, a lot of their followers are pissed off about the same things. They're just pointed in different directions. Absolutely, yeah. Agreed, for and sure. So, I mean, I can, I can see, I see the appeal of both those guys because people are angry and people want not a politician. They want somebody who has their back. And they, they pick Bernie. Yeah, they, they want, they want somebody. And, yeah, they want somebody that feels real. Yeah. That's that's the thing is that all these politicians have been so fake and you just so plastic and and to whatever cause gets paid for, you know, whatever whatever uh, amount of money hits their back pocket thicker right. and faster, you know. So I think well, anything is refreshing to them that is different than the norm. Yeah. Uh, the problem is is that stuff that's different than the norm, you still have to analyze and understand that sometimes it's not healthy, for, not especially in governance. Yeah. So. Well, and that's the thing, like. Especially with Trump, like the the idea that well he he says what's on his mind, he tells it like it is. Yeah. Everything on his mind sucks. Yeah, it's he awful. Is well, and then people that say so that oh I like I like so that he says xenophobic. what's on his mind. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. it's all fucking hate speech. It's all just yeah, it's so oh, gross. So, so apparently, you if you like that, sorry, you're fucking racist by proxy. Then you know, yeah. oh I'm not racist. Well, you you're siding with a guy who openly doesn't like Mexicans and openly says says oh because of your religion we're going to discriminate against you. Oh because it's like come the fuck on man. Like at some point common sense has to enter into the equation. If you don't have any, then you should not be allowed to fucking vote Insane. at that. Point. Sanders says exactly what's on his mind. I mean, he literally called Henry Kissinger a murderer on national television. And he's right. It doesn't get much more I'm going to speak my goddamn mind than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Good for it's, him. Yeah. When he said that, I was like, yes, <laughs> good for you. It was amazing. Yeah. Like, a, to have a presidential candidate say something like that and, and intelligently and be able to back it up with fact. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that's the primary difference between like the two outsider candidates sure. right now is like, I mean, dis- despite him running as a Democrat, I don't think Sanders is. No, he's not. He's not at all. And despite running as a conservative or a Republican, I don't think Trump no, is. No. Um, a matter of fact, he's very far from. He's so far from Republican. Maybe neoconservative, but then he also has a lot of very, um, very kind of fascist, crazy, super right wing well, ideas. I too. think a lot of it comes from. Um, I mean, that guy grew up more privileged than I can imagine. Million dollar loan. A small small loan of a million million dollars. dollars. Who refers to a million dollars as a small amount of money ever? Right. Fuck that. He should be disqualified just because of that. It just shows shows how desperately out of touch he is with what people are really dealing with. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, and then on on that side of it, on the Republican side of it, like, although I disagree with him... On almost everything, I think Rubio is the least offensive, um, which says a lot. Like if that, if that, yeah, if, if Rubio's the, the least assen- if he, offensive, if he's the one that bums me, even out though the he's least, a complete hypocrite, him and Ted Cruz are complete hypocrites. Oh, yeah. They're total racist xenophobes against their own race, which is fucking strange. The thing that's freaky to me about Ted Cruz is he he appeals. A lot, I think, to the 
the really religious right, like not the moderately religious no, right. No, like but, super far religious But like the right. super far religious right because no shit is that. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, but I watched a fucking thing on him the other day where him, I, I want to say even Rubio was there and maybe a couple other candidates. They went to a conference. It was a religious conference. And the whole point of the conference was that Gays should be given the death penalty because they're gay. I saw a clip of that and on YouTube. And they fucking pandered to it. Yeah. They fucking pandered. They took the microphone and said, it's an abomination and all this fucking literal Bible garbage. Yeah. That like they believed it just to get more votes. That right there tells me you're a piece of shit and you do not deserve A, the place that you have in life. And B, you kind of deserve a bullet in the fucking head because you're a goddamn cancer. And that's how I feel. I feel like the revolution that needs to, you know, that Bernie speaks about or that all these people or that even myself has been, have been speaking about for the last 10 years needs to come Possibly with blood on hands because there's so many fucking crazy assholes out there that have these opinions and have these awful views of things that they want to kill kill gay people because they're gay. They want to fucking they want to imprison uh, people and torture them like the fucking Donald Trump and uh, Ted Cruz and uh, quite a few of them the other day were like, oh, I, I do worse than waterboarding. You're yeah. suffocating someone to death, you piece of shit. And not only that, but it's never proven to work. You've never gotten viable information from waterboarding someone ever. Right. Not on Osama bin Laden, not on fucking uh, any of the terrorist sex, uh, Al-Qaeda, uh, Taliban, ISIS. None of that has ever come from torturing them because they want to fucking die anyway. It's so stupid. And not only that, but there's just no fucking common sense. And it's so frustrating to me. The thing that really grossed me out with Ted Cruz was he made a joke about using nuclear weapons. Like, he, he really flippantly talked about turning a whole... Well, I don't know if sand glows, but we're going to find out. That person should not be president. No. Because it, that, that person shouldn't have an opinion. They should not be on television. It just it, it blows my mind that someone who's running for the the leader of the free world, essentially... Yeah. Quote unquote. Could make a joke about nuclear weapons. Like, a joke that, that is... they internally probably kind of feel like is okay. Yeah. That's the problem, That's ultimately. The that, yeah. If That's it comes across like, your lips, that it's is, some. That is the single most serious subject a politician can talk about. Like, nuclear weapons, that's. You don't joke about that in any capacity. Modern nuclear weapons are, are city killers. You will you will knock out nine ten square miles. You, you, a, a nuke at San Francisco tomorrow take out four million people easily. Yeah, and that's New not York, something same thing. To joke it's about. not something, that's to, joke not something about. to joke about. All of them are civilian I mean, casualties. Look at look at the toll in Iraq because of the Iraq War and the years that it went on. Over five hundred thousand people have died in Iraq, including yeah. almost seven thousand American soldiers. All, all for something that was not there to begin with. All because George Bush had a vendetta and wanted to redirect the aggression towards Iraq. And it's just, that's the thing. Nobody that's that fucking dumb and that big of a piece of shit should ever be allowed to be in office again. No more George Bushes. No more Dick Cheneys. No more of these fucking shitty people who constantly, you know, continue to try to have their hands in regime changes and in nation building and in all this stuff to get their friends rich and to, and to, you know, 
to basically to make themselves money on defense contracts and all this other bullshit. That's all. That's all they want to do. They want to war. They want to kill people. They want to spend tons of money on defense budget and flex their muscles and build walls and do all this shit. That's just bigger government, bigger spending, and it's completely and totally opposite of what every Republican is supposed to be for, which is smaller government, less spending, bring it home, build your infrastructure, right. ground up, not up, to, not top down. You know, they just don't get it. The, the big disconnect here from, from political impetus all the way to, to absolute know-it-all policy and everything that's going on is that the knowledge is not there with the majority of Republicans anymore. They don't understand what the fuck they're doing. They don't have common sense, and they don't apply it to anything, ever. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's... Never has it that been more clear than watching the last Republican debate. It was just it was just an insult painful. fest. It was, it was ridiculous. Painful. No talk of policy, no talk of <laughs> this is what we're gonna do for the working class, this is what we're gonna do for these people, this is this is how we're gonna fix this problem. It was just like Jeb Bush is an asshole, Ted Cruz is an asshole, <laughs> Donald Trump is an asshole. We're all assholes. And it's like are you it's really? a bunch this of the thing that's bullies. happening right now? Yeah. You know, that, yeah, that's the thing is it was it was it was literally it was like watching the Seven bullies pulled in from like all the district schools, yeah. trying to like out bully each other. Totally, completely. And Donald Trump even one up to fucking Donald Trump. Got to give it to him. His staffers know what they're doing. They fucking found out that Jeb Bush didn't renew his domain and bought JebBush.com. That happens so much. That's <laughs> so fucking. There funny. was they were. Uh, Ted Cruz didn't buy one of his domain names. Uh, that that is. That has been one of my favorite things about this election cycle yeah. is just how clueless, you know, I mean, the, my favorite one. They're fucking stupid. My favorite one that happened this week and only because it happened specifically to Ted Cruz and not anything against him as a person, although I do think he's a piece of shit, uh, but just because of his very specific belief system, his team hired a porn star to appear in an ad. They pulled the really? ad after like 24 hours and not just a porn star, a lesbian porn star. Really? Fucking amazing. Perfect. I was good just, for whoever did that. Yeah. And they, you know, it was like somebody at the casting place either just was just like, this actress fits the mold. We're going to yeah. pick her and didn't check into it. Or my hope my dream for this is that somebody at the casting place is like, you know, it'd be really, really fucking funny. Like, <laughs> let's do this shit. Got him. That's going to be hilarious. Yeah. You know, and then Rubio's ad where um, the the skyline for Vancouver, Canada, appeared in one of his ads. Oh, that's talking. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm just like, come on, man. Like, it's not even America, man. <laughs> you you got to know, like, but the the porn star thing. Happening to Ted Cruz was super funny That's to me. Rad. Just because he has just very yeah, I'm Christian and yeah, I, he's I'm a got fundamentalist. I, very, I the like, Bible fundamentalist is ideas. Yeah. yeah, and so it's just the idea that this woman who uh, has sex with other women on film for money, for money, <laughs> perfect. Awesome. Everything you're against, you yeah, just all in one big, just with a bow on it. It's yeah. like. Here's everything you hate, dude. That's beautiful. With your name on it. That's fucking beautiful. Yes. Oh. He's a fucking creep. He is the creepiest of the... He is... I... Here's the thing, like, I, I, I disagree with him fundamentally on almost every level. 
But on a, in a weird way, until recently, I respected him because he's he's a smart guy. He's he's a competent debater, which is something none of the other people in that field on the, the Republican side of it really seem to have. Or at least they haven't shown. Yeah. You know, I mean, Rubio maybe, but he hasn't really shown that. Yeah. But I mean, I... Well, Rubio's shown that he's a very negligent debater. He's He got caught by Chris Christie, of all people, repeating himself four or five yeah. times in one of the Dude, debates, which is I'm so happy that hilarious. Chris Christie fell out. I... I enjoy watching him fail. It's 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 kind of a hobby. <laughs> he is a turd. Um, but uh, I don't know if you've read "Green is the New Red." Uh-uh. Uh, you should, because Chris Christie plays a big role in the events that brought that book into fruition. And, what's and, what's it about, briefly? I don't... Um, it, the super super Cliff Notes version. Uh, animal rights activists, the Shack Seven, were arrested and tried in kind of a shady um they were arrested under one law and tried under a was law was this in New Jersey is that why yeah. Chris Christie's involved yeah okay. and he was patting himself on the back all over the place we got bad guys off the street he got some dudes off the street who sent some emails trying to stop <coughs> animal testing you didn't get any bad guys yeah, off the street yeah this sound very bad to and me. so um and that's like I said that is as remedial of a version as I can give you that we could do a whole show just on that book. Sure. Um, but he played a direct role in that. And I have a friend who was directly affected by Chris Christie in that particular case. And so knowing what my friend went through and then getting to just watch this guy fail time and time and time, it's been really satisfying. Nice. Very Uh, good. But back to Cruz, like, he's not dumb. He He's a competent uh, debater. He's he's good at his job. He's just wrong, in my opinion, yeah. about everything. Like, if he could focus that power into helping people instead of hurting people... I'd he'd be, be righteous, but he's yeah. not. And no. he never will because right. he's a piece of shit morally. Morally, yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing, like, I think that was one of the things that, uh, one of the reasons George Bush was able to get away with so much stuff that he, that he did, was a lot of people, especially on the left, were like, he's an idiot, he's a moron. No, he fucking wasn't. No. Well, he was enough of a moron to let Cheney make a lot of decisions for him, but he also knew what he was doing. That could have been really smart. Well, and he played into the hand, too. The whole, the whole weapons of mass destruction thing, and we have actionable intelligence and all this stuff, which was all bullshit. But the fact that he is kind of slow, a little dumb, let the rest of America go, well, if they have it, I guess, I guess it's okay to go then, if he says so, you know, and that's... I feel like he played a role for eight years. I, oh, he totally I think did. he trolled the entire country. Yeah. Like, he, he... Oh, agreed. He pretended to be the guy next door that you want to go drink a beer with. And, you know, he's Daddy yeah. Bush out there grilling steaks or whatever, but... He was nowhere near dumb. No, not at all. <clears throat> he was cold and calculated, and he got everything he wanted. He got everything he wanted. Absolutely. Yeah. His friends are rich. He's rich. Uh, the Bin Laden family is rich. All of the oil emirate people are richer because of his decisions. Right. And that's what he wanted. So. But I feel like we're making that same mistake with Cruz, where people are writing him off as this lunatic. He's this crazy guy with these crazy ideas, and he's a lunatic. He's He's... Well, I don't know if it's... The Bush thing, 
the thing George Bush had over Ted Cruz was kind of this plausible deniability, kind of this ability to just kind of like be aloof but still be okay to run things. Right. Whereas Ted Cruz, you know gears are turning in his fucking head. Oh, yeah. And you know that he's that certain type of crazy that's audacious, that that, that will take a, a verse of the Bible and, and put it literally and try to try to fucking, you know, tell a Supreme Court justice to put this person to death for having a gay marriage or something. You know, like like that's the weird shit to me. And I and I don't get it. I don't I don't get fundamentalism uh in anything that's man made from religion, you know, any personal philosophy, whatever it is. Fundamentalism only gets you in trouble. It only causes death, destruction, despair, poverty, uh, bad shit to happen. Every time somebody takes the goodness out of things, um, whether it be your religion, your personal philosophy, or whatever, nine times out of ten, those people are the people who are on the side of progress and who are on the side of, of, of doing things for the betterment of the people and for the greater good rather than for themselves. Right. So that's one of the reasons why I'm hoping that if you look at Ted Cruz and you see the kind of calculated, you can tell he's intelligent, sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But he's very calculated, and he's so calculated that he's actually fucking creepy because he's yeah. always worried about every little thing. But he, yeah, he actually he frightens me more than Trump. Like if I feel like if he were to get the nomination, he could beat Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton. I really believe that. I, think I don't he think any Republicans gonna. What I'm looking at right now, and I'm hoping this is true. I'm looking at. The second Obama election, the fact that he won by over 5 million votes, uh, be the travesty that is that stage of Republicans. I think they're all actually probably a little more batshit crazy than McCain ever was. And his only fault was choosing Sarah Palin. So if our alternative to two okay Democratic candidates is a bunch of fucking batshit crazy weirdos, I'm hoping that the normal Americans that understand political policy and understand that we need somebody with half a brain on their fucking shoulders will go, okay, well, Bernie and Hillary are the only ones that at least know what they're fucking doing. Yeah. You know? Um, Robert Reich said a really funny thing that got the gears turning in my brain. He said uh, that we have two very capable Democratic candidates right now this is hillary is the can the best possible candidate for the government we have bernie sanders is the best possible candidate for the government we should have yeah. and i was like man that's actually it's kind very of profound. Yeah. Yeah, very profound yeah very profound well and, and the reason why i mean robert reich being an economist and, and understanding numbers uh and not only that but being part of administrations previous and stuff and, right. and really understanding budgets uh that's huge that's huge coming from him. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing being is that the understanding that, you know, we have all these people that are saying, oh, well, if Bernie, you know, gets in office, he'll never be able to pass things. Well, the, the counter to that is, yes, that might be true, but again – you know, thirty or forty plus seats are up for grabs. This next election, more than that. if his if yeah. his political revolution happens, we can really start making progress in this nation. That's the thing, like yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people are like oh, single payer health care would never work. Well, that's bullshit because I could easily go online. And the thing is, a lot of people don't understand single payer. Single payer health care works like this: you take all of the major insurance companies, which is several. I don't even know how many. There's a fuck ton though. Yeah. Including government-funded Medicare, right? You you take all of their allotted uh, or the amounts of people that need insurance, which is 340 million Americans, dump all their old insurance. Everything goes away, and you start from zero. You go, okay, each company gets X amount of people that are insured. So so 
and the only thing that the government does is they regulate it. They understand, okay, so so there's 340 million people, and say there's 34 insurance companies. Each one of you gets 10 million right. people, right? So, and not only that, but they pay single payer, and it's the exact same price across the board for for medical, dental, preventative care, all that stuff. You pay, it'll be like 60 bucks a month, something like that. 10 million times 60 a month. Is sixty Looking million dollars a month? That's right. a fucking piss ton of money for all of these companies. They'll continue to make profits because their payouts are never going to be as much as their as the dues, right? right? Uh, and not only that, but the standard of care will be higher. The doctors will get paid faster. I mean, it, it would just be it would be it's a no fucking brainer. It's totally a no brainer. And in any country where this type of system is even working a little bit, like in Germany. It works fucking great, right. and people have great health care, and they have some of the top surgeons in those countries, things like that. So, so for people not understanding that, all you got to do is look it up. You know, oh, it'll never work, blah blah blah. Yeah, it will, but we have to completely scrap the system that we have now because it's not working. Because big pharma and because all of the large uh, conglomerate insurance companies like Anthem, Blue Cross, and 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 um, a few of the other ones are still making record profits. Yeah. Because they lobbied to put in all these extra rules in the Affordable Care Act, which made it unaffordable. And I understand the beef with people that people have with that. And I understand that Obama flexed too much on it. He should have oh, yeah. never fucking sided with any of the Republicans or any of the lobbyists and changed any of the rules because single-payer... absolutely shouldn't have taken Single-payer single was... Yeah. They took, it out, they took it out within the first like three weeks of showing yeah. it to the fucking Congress. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's the best option. You give anybody, any democratic society should be able to all pay in and get the same quality health care that a senator does. Yeah, that's how it a works senator, for the Senate. Exactly. That's how it works for Congress. So we Exactly. Not only that, but we pay for it. We pay for theirs. Fuck that. They can pay for their own at 60 bucks a month. Right. We'll all pay for our own, and we'll all be fucking happier and have better health care. But people don't get that. They just want to fucking demonize it and say, oh, that'll never work, and it's socialism and blah, 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 and use these buzzwords that they have no clue about, and it's just problematic and frustrating. So, and you know that there's the the public school thing. Well, yeah, if you close if you close the loophole that allows corporations to funnel money into offshore accounts, bring that money back here, put it into banks where it's federally insured, and then allow them to pay taxes on that, even post write offs, they'll still they'll still make trillions of dollars in tax revenue and be able to pay for tons of government programs. You know, the, um, the education thing is it seems like such a no brainer to me because the smarter we are as a people the, the better more, our country the more is. innovative and better our country can absolutely. be absolutely so i mean i am i but understand a country run by the kids today well here's the deal if now that's from i don't want to say utopian it's 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 a view of a kind of a perfect society where our yeah. youth becomes educated has access to all this knowledge and the ability to access it with, you know, like I was, I was talking with a buddy of mine, JP, he's like, well, how are they going to, how are they going to pay for it if they drop out? Well, if they drop out, guess what? It'll be just like the grant system where if you fuck up, you have to pay it back. Yeah. And so don't fuck up. You know, if you're going to take 17 credits, you better fucking do well at it and, and, and finish it. You know, um, it's one of those things where if you do, if you, if you infuse money, if you infuse education, if you infuse, uh, you know, good, standard values and standard living practices amongst the youth, amongst the poor, amongst the base of your country, the only thing that can happen is growth. Right. Period. Because they'll they'll spend the extra money that they have because 
people in a capitalistic society want things. They want a nicer TV. They want this. They want that. They'll continue to educate themselves, which will help us not only politically, geopolitically, uh, you know, technologically big time, and also infrastructure-wise because we'll have more people with a knowledge base for the trades and for the things that we need as a country. Well, that's the thing, like, especially, like, at, like, a, a elementary through high school level, they need to bring back music and art programs, yeah. uh, vocational programs, you know, because like we were talking about earlier, not everybody can be a doctor, not everybody can be a lawyer. Yeah. We have to have auto mechanics, we have to have engineers, we have to have... Well, and there's too many lawyers. You should see how many fucking lawyers there insane. are. And they're not. And the funny thing is, there's so many of them that a lot of them aren't making that good of money, and they're still in, in student loan repayment. Of you know, my sister's loans. My sister's a lawyer, and she uh, coming out of school, her loan payments was sixteen hundred a month. That's a fucking big ass house That's payment. Huge. Yeah, yeah. She, she was one hundred and I think one hundred eighty grand in debt coming out of school, and she was lucky enough to to have already been working for a law firm, and then eventually made partner, and is now kicking ass and making really good money. But there's a lot of people who do that and then come out, and they're like, I don't have a firm to work for. I, I don't know. What you know, yeah, like what do you become, do? They become you know? divorce lawyers, or they become like these, yeah. you know, these really specialized, I'm, you know, yeah. personal injury attorneys. Yeah, and yeah. have cheesy ads on TV. And, <laughs> yeah, because not everybody. I mean, my my sister in law is a lawyer and, and just wildly successful, but she put in the work. Like when she was going to school, that's what she was doing. Yeah, you know, and well, she's, it's not easy. I mean, yeah. it's a lot of school. It's a lot of fucking studying. Yeah. It's a lot but, of stuff that but, I'd be bored to shit. Yeah, that's really not everyone's cut out for it yeah, at all. Um, you know, and and like we said, you need we need carpenters, we need diesel mechanics, we need cooks, we need welders, we yeah. need steelsmiths, smithing. Blacksmithing, steelsmiths, uh, iron workers, stuff like that. That's huge. Yeah. And there's such high demand right now because there's so few of them yeah. that they're making some of them six figures plus bonuses just to fucking come work for companies. Just to show up. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's just it. Is it's That's one of the reasons why I do IT work is because, A, there was a large niche for it, and, B, I was really fucking good at it. So I just say I'm happy doing it. I make money doing it. I pay my bills, and I make other people happy because they have a problem with it. I come in and fix it, and it makes them happy. makes me happy. I get paid. We're good. You know? Across the board, whether you're an iron worker, whether you're a doctor, if you are a doctor, that's fantastic. But make sure you love what you do. Make sure you're actually helping people. And that ultimately kind of... Brings me to our last point, which we can touch on, is just being a good human being, ultimately. And I think that the best part of life is enjoying not only not only your you know your different things that you can do with your family and friends and whatnot, your experiences, but also being able to help those who aren't as fortunate as yourself. Um, one of the best feelings in the world, you know, somebody that that is you know, maybe not destitute, but maybe needs help because they were kicked out of their house, so you help them move, or or needs help because they're short on on money for the month, so you loan them fifty bucks or a hundred bucks, something like that. Anything that can help somebody coming up, the hundred for anything, uh, donating five bucks a month to help people have clean water so yeah. they can live. Not only that, but understanding that those people are probably insanely appreciative of. Having water that isn't infected with cholera or, you well, know. I mean, can you imagine for a minute, just imagine knowing beyond any shadow of any doubt that the only water you have access to will make you sick. Yeah. Like, just imagine living with that knowledge every day. Like, you know, I'm going to put this in my body and I'm going to get sick. But I need to hydrate. But if I don't to put live. it in my body, I'm going to yeah. die. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like. 
What a weird, what a shitty pair of dice to have to roll. Yeah. Like, I'm either going to die or get hella sick. Here we go. The fucked up thing is that, is that in this country they make movies about that, like yeah. Saw. You can either drink the water and stay hydrated, but you'll die of listeria or something. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. what the fuck? No, that really fucking happens, and it's happening right now across yeah. the world, you and know? We can fix it. Yeah. That's the thing, like, we, America has more wealth than everybody. We could fix all of that shit. We just have to pull our heads out of our ass and not be greedy pricks. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and even like, like you were talking about just being, in general, being a good person and helping. So the smallest thing, like, like I go out of my way to like smile at people or hold doors open for people. Yeah, absolutely. You get the weirdest reaction you do that shit. Like you smile <laughs> at a stranger on the street, they're like, what in the fuck is he up to? What's, yeah. you know, it's either. Just being friendly, man. Yeah, it's either that or you get, yeah, man, thank you. Yeah. You know, it's a weird uh, one of my pet peeves is when you hold the door open for somebody and they don't say thank you. Yeah, I hate it. I oh, absolutely it hate it. Bug me at all. If I'm if I'm holding a door for somebody and they walk through and don't at least acknowledge that I took time out of my day to hold a door for them, that's frustrating because that that in turn and my, the pet peeve comes in the fact that their time they think is more valuable than yeah. my time. That's frustrating. No one person on this earth, I don't give a shit how small or how tall, how big, how large your car is, what, you know, President of the United States to, to factory worker somewhere, their time is not important as somebody else's time. It's all equal. We're all yeah. here on this earth. We all have to live together whether we like it or not, you know? So, karma, man. Karma's a bitch. And if you fucking act wrong, she's going to come back and bite you in the ass. That's for sure. <laughs> but, um,. Yeah, man, this has been really fun. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you uh, want to no, touch on before we before we head out and finish up the episode? I think it's after midnight. It is. We've been a long We've time. We've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys and girls, that's episode five in the bag. Me and my man Jim Williams here. Um, remember to check out 100forhaiti.com. Org. Uh, uh, 100 sorry, 100forhaiti.org, not .com. <laughs> um, although, that'd be, I wonder if there is a .com. That'd be kind of weird. I don't know. Uh, probably check that out. We have all the orgs. But it's .org. So anyway, yeah. 100forhaiti.org. Check it out. Feel free to donate once, twice, whatever you can do, or at least help spread the word uh, on your social media, all that fun stuff. Uh, I am Brandon at thehellapodcast.com. Any questions, concerns, or if you want to be a guest, hit me up. Um, comments, whatever. Um, I'm going to start taking comments on uh, and responding to comments on the show since we're actually starting to get emails now. Um, so feel free to email me if you guys have questions or or just want to you know wax on and off about uh, our conversation or how much you think i suck or or how cool i am anything whatever you want send it in that's brandon at the hellapodcast.com and i'll make sure that we respond to those in the next episode um uh let me think uh that's about it so everybody else have a uh, fantastic month actually what month is it we're february, february. O- almost uh, almost march jesus this year is going to fly by faster than last year, I think. It's a leap year, so we get an extra day. Ooh, the this. 29th. Yeah. Fancy. Well, <laughs> one more day until i got to pay rent. <laughs> right on, man. Well, it was great having you. Thanks, yeah, buddy. thank you. That was right. awesome. Signing out, guys. Have a great one.
changed Cause I still feel the same Cause I still feel the same I, Cause I still feel the same What's up? Cause I still feel the same